0: This is PhotobizX, episode number 441, and today we are talking day-in-the-life photography with a photographer and an interviewer, me, who were both out of our comfort zones during this interview. Our special guest is Bridget Eldridge, who was upfront with me right from the first time I approached her for this interview, that she didn't feel she would be a good fit, potentially for this interview but after seeing her work and hearing why she didn't think she'd be a good fit I really pushed hard to have her come on and share her experiences of running a photography business. That interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business?
1: Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts
0: to fast track your success. Welcome to
1: the Photo Biz Exposed podcast
0: with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Just like last week's interview, this is astray from the usual that you might hear on the PhotoBizX podcast. This isn't a story of a photographer who has suddenly unlocked the secrets, has found success, is making a million dollars, and everything is just rosy. In fact, this is just the opposite. We get into some raw, heartfelt details of what it's like to be running a business the struggles of being a mum, a wife, and wanting to create a successful business at the same time while being true to your art. So I hope you get a ton from what Bridget has to share in the interview that's coming up. Talking about last week's interview, I featured image maker Joshua Simmons. Get back and have a listen to that one if you haven't heard it. Josh is currently working full-time in the armed forces, but is incredibly, or should I say, and is incredibly talented as a photographer as an artist and although i see the potential of a fantastically successful business his dreams of success are different to what i hear from most photographers that i interview he's looking to create art to be sold through galleries and to be true to his vision his idea of creating art through photography and making that a success so get back again and have a listen to joshua simmons if you haven't heard that interview one quick announcement before we get into today's interview with Bridget. If you are hearing this announcement or this episode as it goes live on Monday, the 29th of November, this is your last day to make use of the Black Friday/Slash Cyber Monday sales. Everything on PhotoBizX is reduced: the Facebook ads course, the online sales course, the pricing masterclass, the book Unlimited Clients at Expos masterclass the Evergreen Facebook Ads Funnels course. They are all 40 to 50% off. All the details are at this URL, photobizx.com forward slash Black Friday. Jump in and grab anything there if you want access to them at the best prices you'll ever find them. And if you are on the $20 per month premium membership plan, make sure you jump into the $120 12-month plan. It's half the cost of what you're paying right now. You can also access that on the same page. And if you have made a monthly payment for your membership in the last couple of weeks, let me know. I'll refund that for you. So again, the URL is photobizx.com forward slash Black Friday for all and any of those deals. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Oh, and lastly, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Bridget. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you are loving what Bridget shares in the first half, if you are connecting with her, you'd like to hear more from her, grab a 30-day trial membership. It's only $1 over at photobizx.com forward slash try. You can access the full interview there with Bridget. You can get access to the full back catalog, all the member benefits. I'll get you added into the members Facebook group and you can see What you've been missing out on by listening to the free versions of the podcast every week. So photobizx.com forward slash try for more details on that. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. When I landed on the website of today's guest, after a recommendation from a listener, I knew I wanted to interview her for the podcast. The photos on her site are representative of real family photos, except it's like someone in the family is a professional photographer, and they are there to capture the madness, love, messiness, fun, humor, and even the tears. No color-coordinated outfits or posed and awkward moments. This is real day-in-the-life photography. So I emailed the photographer, and she replied to me with the following. I'd be happy to speak to you, but I'm curious why you're interested in interviewing me. I'm not sure if I'm what you're looking for in a guest. With coronavirus and having a second baby, I've decided to take a pause in my business for a year until my eldest goes to kindergarten. I'm spending nap time focused on photography projects I've been working on for years. I used to spend that same nap time working on my business. I've tried a lot of different stuff business-wise and finally realized that I have to stay true to myself in how I run my business when I return. Everything from what I'm willing to shoot to how I'm going to define success for myself. I'm happy to be honest about that. I've also learned how important it is to work on my own art for myself. I don't think everyone who loves photography should run a business. I believe that running a photography business is about running a business, not about pursuing art. And she finishes off with saying, I might not be the most rah-rah, you-can-start-your-own-photography business guest, but I'm happy to be honest and tell you what I love, hate and how important I think personal projects are so you don't get burnt out. I'm talking about the wonderful and lovely Bridget Eldridge, and I'm truly rapt to have her with us now. Bridget, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: How do you feel when you hear that intro? Does it sound like the new you?
1: Yeah, I'm actually so surprised you read it. (laughs) Because when I I wrote it, I was just honestly, in a way, maybe like trying to convince you not to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it was just so true and honest from my heart and where I am right now, and I just wanted to be really upfront. But listening to to it now, I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like me. That's where I am." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, and I've got to say, that's the first time I've had a response like yours, and I could feel that you were almost pushing me away. At the same time, it felt like a, a flow of consciousness. Oh yes, how did you get to the point where it sounds like you? almost, I don't want to say hated, but really just didn't like your business. How did it get to that stage?
1: Oh, no, I wouldn't say I hate my business at all. I would say that being the primary parent while running the photography business is very, very hard. And so I was working part time and, you know, really being a full time mom and I still had some child care. But my brain was very much focused on two very big things that didn't go together. And I felt this constant pull if I was with my daughter, I was thinking about my business. When I was doing my business, you know, I I felt like a little bit guilty sometimes. So when COVID happened and I really only had to worry about my daughter, I did find... I appreciated only having to worry about one thing, one category. And in related to photography, one of the big ways I was getting through COVID was doing self-portraits of me and my daughter. So it kind of became, I was able to make photography a bit of part of parenting and a coping mechanism, whereas maybe before it and running a business, it felt, separate from my family
0: life, that makes sense. Got it. I want to ask you where the art side of things fit in. But like listening to you now talk about how you are, you focus on one part of your life, which is the family, and then you've got the other half, which is the business. Why not just focus on your art, just pursue photography for fun and forget about the business and enjoy the time with your children and family?
1: I mean, I guess that could be where I am now. For the next year at least. But I will say I'm pretty stubborn and I have been working on this for eight years. And so I don't really want to give it up. Like, I still enjoy running the business. Um, It's very hard and very challenging. I do like the challenge of it all. Um, This year, I'm going to take in this pause and craziness of life. I'm just almost like rethinking about or reformulating what I'm going to do next, but I am really excited that I get to think more about art or what I want to say and not, um, I I think what you have clients, there is, and they're paying you for this skill and your vision. They are still giving you the material to photograph, especially the way I do it as a documentary photographer, I'm not telling them to do anything. So they kind of have to have genuine moments in front of me. I can work to make them feel comfortable, but they still have to reveal themselves to me. And I find that that is easier the more time I spend with them. And I'm losing my train of thought here, but with art and with what I want to say, it's sort of like I am revealing myself in my photos And I haven't really shared these photos because it's gotten to a place that it's so vulnerable to put it out online feels scary.
0: (laughs) So is this your personal project work that you're talking about now? Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you about that in just a minute. So I still want to just focus on the business side of things because it sounds to me, like it doesn't sound like you're doing it for the money. It sounds like it's the challenge, but more so I think You sound a lot like me and a lot of other photographers who love photography. We need clients so that we have material to photograph and we can express ourselves and do our work, but we need clients to do that. Does that resonate with you?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So is money a driving factor? Is a number of clients per year a driving factor? I talked about you Uh, In your email to me, you talked about defining success now. How will you and how did you define success?
1: I think the way I maybe was defining success was I was a teacher before this. And I think there was maybe some fear in me of having to go back to teaching one day. And so success was getting to a point where I wouldn't need to do that. And so money was definitely a factor. And, you know, figuring out how much to charge and how many sessions you really can do. Um, I think I went in with the mindset of, I want everyone to have this. So how can I maybe charge less and do more sessions so more people can have it? And I got to the point where I felt like I had to take me into consideration and, you know, what my time was worth. what kind of salary I needed to make for my family and how much I could really take on. And so I think COVID happening kind of made me pause and say um, to reflect on that and to realize I was almost not going through the motions, but like just trying to run the race. Like I was... I just have to make this happen. I just have to make this happen. I got to work really hard and I will make this happen. And then when that gets taken away from you, for me, I actually was pregnant at the time. So it wasn't just that my business is taking away from me. I knew it was going to have to change anyway with the second child, but I've had all this time to think about how do I want this to look in the future? And I think I want to work less in the future you know, but I don't really have an answer for that yet. Cause I planning to think of, figure that out over the next year. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah. And I feel, I feel like you're second guessing what you're saying as you're saying it, like, I feel like there's a bit of a barrier there. Like you're almost worried about expressing how you really feel. And honestly, you are talking to other photographers. You can just let it <laughs> run. Like if
1: <laughs> I think that is, can be who I am. And it is something that, um, I'm very much a perfectionist and I think that's why I like documentary photography in the sense of like, you're not setting it. It's sort of freed my perfectionism and let me embrace some non-perfection, <laughs> some chaos. But yeah, no, I think I am a pretty guarded person. and It takes a while to break down the walls.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to do my best because <laughs> okay. I can honestly, I can honestly say to you that there are listeners Thinking as you're saying what you are, that, oh my God, this is me. This is me. I'm the same. And, and I think we're all, a lot of photographers, particularly who got into it because of the love of photography, we want everyone to have what we can give. And we start out charging too little for what we're really worth. And it takes a while to learn those lessons. What were you charging for your sessions?
1: Oh, at the very, very beginning, it was like $100.
0: What, for a half a day in the life for a day in the life?
1: No. Oh, no, 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 no. That was like for an hour. Um, oh God, I don't even know because I, I pretty early on, um, did like a session fee and then you picked your collections or products after. So I never went in with a set. I think at the very beginning I was thinking it needed to be like $2,000 all in.
0: Right. So and what are you thinking now moving forward? Let's say you come out in 12 months time. and I know you don't have a set price list yet, but are you going to go through the same process and think about how much you need to earn, you know, in 12 months? And that means I can do this many shoots and I have to charge this much for those shoots. Is that the way you're approaching it or a different way?
1: No, I'm approaching it like that. Yeah. How much, um, you know, and the location I'm in, it's so hot here and humid in the summer that so few people want to do it then, so it's really a situation where people are wanting to do photos in the fall and the spring. And so how many sessions can I do in that time frame and kind of dividing it out that way?
0: Okay, so can you give me a number of a ballpark figure that you're looking to generate when you go back to work?
1: I honestly, um, I don't have like,
0: 50,000?:
1: 100? 20. Um, I don't know. Can we
0: not talk about this? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and the reason I'm asking is not to make it difficult for you, Bridget, but I'm curious because it, like, it sounds like you went down a road, you got too busy, weren't charging enough, got burnt out. And I might be wrong here, and correct me if I am. And it sounds like you're going to go down the same road, but potentially you have your higher prices so you don't get so busy, but you still generate the same kind of income.
1: No, that's not it at all. So, my clients have been, I've grandfathered them into certain prices. I charge a lot now for this and I have for years. My full day in the life session fee is $1,500. And then it includes a gift certificate towards the collections or products. So for a full day, I'm expecting people to spend about like 3500
0: Fantastic.
1: So I do know that's the number I would want to make for a full day. And you have to think about it, like usually a minimum of 12 hours. The longest I've ever done was 15 and a half. But my weddings, when I did them, were around eight hours. So I'm doing, you know, what would it be? 150% more shooting time than a wedding. So yeah, for me, I think The price has to be high just because not only am I spending so much time taking the photos, so many hours, plus all the editing and everything. If I spend a full day photographing a client's family at this point, I am losing a full day in my kids' lives. So I take that into consideration now too. I also have offered, at this point, I'm offering two hours, six hours or the full day. And I do feel like six to eight hours, sometimes people will add on time. Six to eight hours is good for me as a young mom, because I'll still get to see my kids for part of the day. But when you do a half day like that, people will try to cram everything into that time. And then it feels a little less genuine. There's a little bit more of a consciousness of the timing but when you're there for a full day, it's much more relaxed. People just really let everything happen. So there is a big difference in the feeling of it But from like six to eight hours to 12, which I think people may be surprised by.
0: For sure. Yeah, I totally get that. Because t- clients feel like they've got to get their money's worth. Yeah. So they want to do as much as they can, which sort of spoils the whole idea of a day in the life session yes. when they do that.
1: Yeah. So that's a big struggle for me as the artist. I want to do the full day as a business person, you know, the half day is probably like more profitable in the end. And then as a mom, I probably really only want to do two hours. (laughs) Um, So there's all these different, you know, competing factors and in what happens.
0: For sure. For sure. I know money's not the driving factor, but it's a factor, isn't it? I mean, it's part of the reason why you're doing what you're
1: doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yes.
0: So when you talk about art and creating work for yourself, is that in the sessions with your clients or is it totally independent of your clients?
1: I mean, I always try, it's totally independent of my clients. But when I am with my clients, I do think I am making art, but it's, Not completely freeing. I think there's a lot more pressure for me to deliver for them, their expectations on the work. So I think I don't take as much risk. I think working on the art and working on the personal projects and taking those risks, I think that's what's going to lead me to to maybe like learn how to do it or experiment and then be able to take that and put it into my client sessions. But there is like fear in me that I am not going to deliver. So I think I do again with this like guarded thing, like, okay, I have to perform. And it's also easier for me, the more time I have with clients, the more time I can ease into it, the more freedom I have because I have so much time.
0: Right. So will you take a a risk? Will you try something at a session with a client if it's a a six hour day in a life session or only on the the full days?
1: Oh no, I'll do it. um, I mean, I'll even try to do it at two hours, but the more time you have, the more you can actually come up with ideas of how to show something or shoot it differently or maybe make, predictions about what kids will do, or just the more you get to know a family, the more, well, for me, and this might sound crazy to people, but the more I know a family, the more I kind of can like feel some love for them and feel a part of their family. And the more I care about them, the more I feel like a part of their family, the more I can kind of, you know, get to a deeper place in myself. I can feel like I relate to them as a parent or a kid, like being a child or being someone's daughter. And when I can get there personally and I've had time to get there, then I can deliver more art than I can take more risks. For sure. That makes sense. It does.
0: I want to change gears here and talk a bit more about your personal work. I'll give you a, a reprieve from the business stuff for a minute. <laughs> tell me, tell me about your personal art or your personal work.
1: So the first time I really did a personal project was in 2016. I did it on the swim team I grew up swimming for and I ended up coaching. And I really just wanted to show the community of this team and how the kind of like the love they had for each other and how it gets passed down through the years. And I was working with Kirsten Lewis at the time, I'm sure. Your listeners in the documentary family world know her. And, you know, she was talking to me about how you can just feel the work more. And for me, it was just pure joy to go out and photograph something for myself and just try to try to tell this story that was, you know, not only about this group of people, but it was personal for me. And, The more I've tried to work on telling stories that relate to myself, I think that's where the art has kind of come out to it. In 2019, I was doing a workshop in Salt Lake City and I photographed a family with five kids. They're Mormon and one of the kids, he's in a wheelchair and it was during a workshop and it was Kirsten. She was like, this is probably going to be a story about the little boy in the wheelchair and I went in there with an open mind and for me it was a story about the mom a mom who was just a really good mom and at the time my daughter was almost two and I was struggling with you know the process of becoming a mom and how hard it is so I just truly related to telling this story about a mother because that's where I was in life And as I've made little discoveries along this path and kind of realizing how to tell my own story, maybe from photographing another family, for me, it's been really freeing. I've even gotten into the point of trying to do more self-portraits or take photos of things I see every day and then later taking them all together and trying to see what goes together and how they might feel. I have a series right now that I'm calling Becoming Mama, and it's about, you know, just the identity shift and how it was really hard for me, which I was shocked by because I've always worked with kids and I always knew I wanted to be a mom. And I was surprised how hard it was and kind of how scary it was to... I was worried I was going to lose a part of myself. So being able to... Work all that out through photography is really exciting to me. It's great for my mental health. Um, It's fun. Uh, So, that's really what is exciting me right now. Both telling, you know, trying to tell a story about myself and how I feel or someone I can connect to. This family in salt lake city like if covid hadn't happened i would have tried to convince my husband to agree <laughs> to let me go out to salt lake city once a year and keep photographing them on the same three days that
0: would be amazing
1: yeah because i thought it would so i did i did a day in life of them essentially for three days in a row and that was crazy that was so cool
0: so where does that work live now
1: so On my hard drives. (laughs) (laughs) That's so sad. (laughs) I know. And I did a workshop with Strudel Media Live in March or last spring. And I figured out what I'm going to do with my Becoming Mama project. I'm making it into a book for me. I'm thinking about putting it on my website. I am you know, but I do have like a fear of putting it out there.
0: Yeah. Why? What's the fear of putting that work out there? If it's personal work, if it's a personal project, if you are as talented as you are, you've got the runs on the board. I mean, we can see you're a fantastic photographer. Where does that fear come from?
1: Well, it's just, it's so honest and it is, but it's not even you. Some of the photos are of me.
0: I'm talking, I guess, about the family in in Salt Lake City.
1: The family in Salt Lake City. I do have a slideshow with audio that is on my website. Some of their photos are on my website. And I do want to make a personal project section of my website to put their story on. And, you know, I would love to either photograph them again or find another family in my area that I could tell their story as well, like someone I could follow for years. That's kind of a dream of mine. Mm
0: -hmm. So if you're doing work like that, because this is really an extension of the work that you're charging for, why not just photograph more clients? Like why go out and, you know, I don't want to say, I guess, pursue a family to document over the next few years. Why not set up a plan where someone can buy into having you come out and document a day in the life once a year?
1: So for me, (laughs) for me, it might be, it makes it a lot more fun when I know I'm doing it for myself versus someone is paying me. So how is that
0: different? (laughs) Tell me how that's different for you. Like, do you take different gear? Do you approach moments differently? Do you take less frames? Do you take more frames?
1: I think it has a lot to do with people. When I have done this for free, either when I was learning how to do it and I was charging, I wasn't charging. Um, There's a sense in my brain where I'm like, I am doing this for myself. I am not doing this for them. I am doing this for me either to become a better photographer or to, um, I've done stuff for school auctions where I'm not getting paid. And for me, that feels a little bit freeing. I don't know. Maybe I'm a bad business person. (laughs) Not at all.
0: (laughs) I'm sure again, I'm sure listeners are thinking, yes, I'm the same. So what is it though? Like, What are you actually doing differently if you're not being paid? Like, is it a different approach
1: Oh, it's completely, this is completely mental.
0: You see, if I put two portfolios side by side, one from a paying client, one from a free session you did, are you telling me that would look identical to me?
1: I don't think it would. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe not to you, but maybe to a client, they might think it looks exactly the same. For me, there's just this sense of when I do something for free, that people have no expectations or much... I, feel like they're more open and honest and people are more willing to not be wearing makeup or not have their hair done or...
0: Hang on, hang on. So this is more about the clients approach the shoot differently than you do. Yes. Okay. So that's totally different then, isn't it? So it sounds like you're producing the same work, you're approaching everything the same, but the clients are approaching it differently.
1: Yes, that is what it is. I feel I have more freedom when they don't have any expectations.
0: Right. So what do you tell the client that is going to be part of a personal project as opposed to the paying client before you get there? Because I imagine you say the same things.
1: I do. Oh, I do. I mean, the, the paying client hears more things like, you know, I like it when people have their hairs in ponytails because then your hair won't cover your face when you're bending down to put your kid's jacket on, <laughs> you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense from a photographer's point of view. So what, you wouldn't say that then to a, someone from a personal project?
1: I don't think I would have to. Well,
0: hang on. But that's, <laughs> if, <laughs> if you didn't say it to the client participating in a free session, they wouldn't think to wear a ponytail. Are you saying you don't want them to wear the ponytail or you really do?
1: Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest.
0: So when you say that maybe I might go back to teaching and photography might stay a a hobby and an outlet for art, does that, like, do you feel pressure that you have to make the business succeed or are you quite happy to say, you know what, if it's not for me, it's not for me?
1: No, I mean, I really want to make it succeed. That's the type of person I am. But the fact that I have gotten to this point where I've realized it's not completely about the business, that there is this other side of photography that really matters. And maybe I'm getting more close to a point of if I do something else, that's okay. But yeah, I'm just, I'm in such a weird place at the moment (laughs) right now I'm like right now I'm really thinking like my job is being a mom and it really takes a lot out of me and one of the ways I can be a good mom is to be able to have this thing photography that makes me happy and is for myself and I get enjoyment out of it and then I can go back to the grind of my day job as a mom
0: (laughs) Hang on, what's the grind? The day job as a mom or the day job as a photographer? As a mom. As a mom, right. Got it. Bridget, this has been fun. It's been interesting, enlightening, and I've had a great hour chatting with you. I hope you've enjoyed it too. And uh, massive thanks for coming on, saying yes, and doing this.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun.
0: Hope you enjoyed that interview with Bridget as much as I did. Bridget, if you are listening again, sincerely thank you so much for coming on for sharing everything you did i know and i felt like it was a little bit uncomfortable for you at times but really what you shared in today's interview really will be helpful for so many listeners so again thank you so much bridget and wishing you every success for the future for you the listener i hope i am speaking on your behalf and i do say that to bridget i hope you did get a ton from what she had to share I'll be adding Bridget into the members' Facebook group so you can connect with her there. If you have a follow-up question or if you just want to say thank you for coming on and sharing what you did, I know that she'd love to hear those messages. If you are listening to the free version of the podcast or would like to reach out to Bridget directly, I've got links to anywhere and everywhere you can find her in the show notes for today's episode. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 441. And in those show notes, I've got examples of her beautiful work, which I really encourage you to take a look at, including her website. Go and have a look at her work so you can really see what kind of a talented, amazing photographer Bridget is. And of course, I've got links to anything and everything that she mentioned there in the show notes as well. I've got two big and amazing shout-outs for today's episode. The first one goes to working photographer Joe Temple in the UK. She left a lovely five-star rating in Google, and she says in her review, just wanted to say, Andrew, I listen to a lot of podcasts while editing, and yours is by far my favorite. Why? Because I'll be listening to an episode, a question will pop into my head relating to what your guest is talking about, and sure enough, seconds later, you'll ask the very question I wanted to be answered. She goes on to say some lovely other things about me in the podcast before finishing off and saying thank you for making my editing time so enjoyable. So Joe, massive thanks for taking the time to leave that rating and review in Google. It really does mean a lot. And like I said to you via email, your compliments are truly special to me because I really do aim to ask the questions that you're thinking in any interview that I'm recording. So again, massive thanks, Joe, for taking the time. And secondly, I want to say a huge shout out and thanks to San Antonio family photographer Jen Lindbergh from the USA. She also left a five-star rating and a lovely review in Google. She said, I really wanted to send you my heartfelt thanks for your podcast. I can't remember who it was, but a fellow photographer told me that listening to your podcast would be the equivalent of getting an MBA in the photography business. They were so right. When I began really listening to your podcast, our dream was to book eight sessions a month with clients who loved our work and approach. This December, we currently have over 70 sessions booked. As you can guess, our lives have been radically transformed in every aspect, financial, creative, emotional, all of it. Listening to several of your podcasts literally changed our lives far beyond the better. It still honestly feels unreal at times. So please know what you're doing is bringing so much value to people's lives every day, even the quiet ones who don't often say much. So Jen, that was absolutely incredible and amazing. We've obviously chatted via email since you left that review, but I wanted to say again, massive thanks for taking the time to leave that. It really does mean so much the impact that the Photo podcast has had on your business and your life. So that is amazing. And for you, the listener, Rest assured, I have contacted Jen and followed up since she left that review asking for an interview. So hopefully, hopefully we can twist Jen's arm to come on in 2022 and share a little about the changes that she's made in her business to make it so, so successful. So look out for that one in 2022. So for both you ladies, I have left a link or added a link in the podcast show notes for today's episode pointing back to your websites using the URL and keyword phrase that you're trying to rank for. It's my little way to say thanks. And for you, the listener, if you'd like to have a backlink pointing back to your website using a keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for, simply leave a rating and review in iTunes, on Google, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Let me know you've done that, and I'll be happy to add those links back to your site. And the easiest way to leave a review in Google is just go to photobizx.com forward slash Google. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. I hope you have survived the Black Friday weekend. I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving if you are based in the US or Canada or you celebrate that wherever you are in the world. My guess is that if you do celebrate Thanksgiving, you're probably getting ready to kick off your fitness regime for 2022. Or maybe you're just going to hold off till after Christmas and the new year. Either way, I hope if you are listening, you have a fantastic week ahead. I'll be back next week with another interview. Thanks again to Bridget for coming on and sharing everything she did. If you are a premium member, there's a little bit of extra audio from Bridget after the closing jingle, so stick around for that. Until next week, stay safe, healthy and well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.